Planet FM is a platform that champions diversity. Not all our programs reflect the views of the station. We encourage you to consider a wide range of information from trusted sources when making decisions about your health. Greetings and welcome to Green Planet FM 104.6. I'm Tim Lynch and I trust that you are doing well. I invite you to stay with me over the next hour as we discuss and find ways to take care of our unique and magnificent Green Planet Earth. This program is sponsored by ollipacifichealth.co.nz. That is www.ollipacifichealth.co.nz. Supplier of Udo's 369 Oil Blend, a world-leading special blend of carefully chosen, natural, unrefined, EFA-rich oils from fresh, certified organic flax, sesame, sunflower and evening primrose seeds, as well as oils from rice and oat germ. This oil blend is one of the highest quality oils available in New Zealand. Oli Pacific Health also supplies the soy, soy milk maker which makes organic milk at home for just cents per litre, making healthy, fresh soy milk, rice milk, almond milk, oat milk and bean milk couldn't be easier with Soy Quick Soy Milk Maker. That's olipacifichealth.co.nz. What is a healthy, well-balanced, warm-hearted human? What is the criteria for a humanity that epitomises perfect health and well-being? Today we are torn between staying healthy and in indulging in all the seemingly tasty foods that are advertised to tantalise our taste buds. Rich in sugars and fats, they do not serve our well-being, especially when we hang out on the couch for hours on end with our physical presence being bolstered by fizzy drinks and junk food, temporarily brings us certain satisfaction, turns our bloodstream more acidic than alkaline. Fortunately, I know people who are physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually very healthy and balanced. And that is their aim. They eat close to the food sources possible, growing their own organic vegetables and fruit, plus having eggs from organically raised chickens. They consciously shop for organic foods when possible. Most are vegetarian, some eat fish as I do, some are even vegan. They drink sensibly, good clean non-chemically treated fresh water, having no need for a drink of alcohol every night, don't smoke dope anymore, regularly juice both veggies and fruit, and keep hydrated 24-7. Most supplement their diet with top quality multivitamins and minerals and have premium flax or fish oil. They exercise from yoga to tai chi or a martial arts or dance with a number kayaking, swimming, hiking, jogging and cycling so that they are lean and supple. Or they play team sports for camaraderie and fun. Many are artists playing a musical instrument and singing, some in choirs. Being in relationships that are supportive and loving, they work for balance and share much love and laughter. And of course, having a steady income and a warm and friendly home 
plus close family members and community spirit, they enjoy participating in the wider society. It nearly sounds idyllic, doesn't it? To have a healthy, joyful existence and being able to take the good with the bad and negotiate the grand slalom of life is our life's purpose. Forgiveness and being grateful are acknowledged daily. And yes, it's hard out there working towards balance in what appears to be a dysfunctional and fragmented outer world. The imperative is for us to work on our interior being, our inner landscape, illuminating our shadow and letting it all go. There's no time to lose. Old habits and addictions no longer serve us if we wish to evolve our being to a higher state of awareness and consciousness. And time now is becoming a resource that we are short of. So I ask, take the time to reflect on why we are here, where we have come from, and where we are going. And most of all, be present in the now. In the studio this morning, I have Ruve Parker and Graham Marsden of the Antara Association Incorporated here in Auckland, New Zealand. Antara is essentially an association of people helping people and expects nothing in return. Covering natural health and also retreats, they work together to embellish the community and society as a whole. So I wish to say kia ora Ruve and kia ora Graham. Kia ora. Thank you, Tim. So how did your association come into being? The association came into being, the seed of it was an experience by a man named John Muntz who died and had an an experience out of that which radically changed his life. He wrote a book about that experience which was taken up by many people and out of that experience came a philosophy of life, a philosophy of living which in its essence is that we're all on this earth in bodies and our prime purpose is to help each other and expect nothing back in return. That's our prime philosophy. John Munz, was he a New Zealander? Yes, he was a New Zealander. He's since passed on now. But in the time he was alive, he was very influential on a great many people who were associated with the beginning of the Antara Association, associated with the beginning of the Antara Free Natural Health Clinic, And he was a great inspiration in the way that he worked in these organisations and also in the way that he conducted himself and helped people genuinely on his own bat. He did lots of talks about his experience and subsequently a lot of people have been touched by the Antara organisation as it's grown and developed over the years and we've been running 20 years now and we'll have a short celebration of that shortly which we can tell you about a little later in the programme. Just quickly, Antara means? The word Antara we chose because it had no connotations. It just meant giving from the heart and helping each other. That's what we take it to mean. And so you started 20 years ago? Yes, we did. We heard people saying, you know, this world would be so much better if people helped people. And we decided it was time for us to do actually something about it. And that's how our first project came into being. There were quite a lot of therapists who would follow this philosophy and we decided as we had this base to start with, Free Natural Health Clinic would probably be the best thing we could start with. We found that we had a lot to do. We, of course, we had no money and this was an exciting start. We had people going, asking for donations, going to companies, speaking to people 
and eventually we were very fortunate in one reasonably big company giving us a very nice donation. This was met also by a private person who matched this amount and from lots of little donations from all the wee people that we talked to. So you started a clinic, is that correct? Yes. First of all, we had to earn the money. Then we had to find a suitable place. And then we had to make that place itself suitable. We wanted to go where the public lived, not go to shops and things like that. We felt it should be in the midst of where they lived. We were aiming people who didn't have very much money, so we needed to be on a bus route. We also needed to be where they lived, and this itself was a difficulty. After we purchased the building, there was, as Ruvay said, there was the necessity to convert it from a residential house into a place suitable as a clinic. That involved a lot of manual work, a lot of redecoration. We had to construct a car park and make it conform to all the expectations that people need when they come to a clinic. But the most important thing was not physically what we were doing, but the attitude of the people involved. And that was that they were all contributing to this project, either with their natural health practitioner experience or just shifting stones around the driveway to make a car park. The attitude was one of giving without expecting. And that is what's carried all of the involvements along for all these years, is that you're continually buoyed by that experience of just doing something and it's not a trading sort of a situation it's just where you're coming and contributing knowing that people are going to be helped by this experience by this project and so on it goes because group energy is very powerful in itself the synergy of it all jumps you up to a very powerful level of creativity one of the things was that we wanted to be in the center of everything but the council laws didn't allow this so we actually had to go to court to give permission to be in a residential area. So all these things took time and effort, but were absolutely worth every effort we made when you look around now and see all the people that we have helped. So our first project was the Antara Free Natural Health Clinic. We found we had to look around for therapists. We insisted that everyone had to have training in their therapies. They couldn't be just a a two-day massage person. So all our therapists right from the word go had to be properly trained in their therapies. We also found that it was very hard to get this message across to people about natural health care, but bit by bit people came to us. One of the interesting things is how many people we have helping us now We have seven councillors, but when we first started, we had one councillor. And I found it very hard indeed to get people to come to her because counselling wasn't well known. It became better known when all the film stars needed help. But now people will come and say, I do need counselling. So things have moved on in a lot of ways. You may be interested to know how many people are working at the clinic. We have, in all, we have 15 natural therapists working there. We have two massage therapists, seven counsellors, as I said. We have two people doing Bowen therapy, two doing Reiki, and two hypnotherapists. We have one kinesiologist, 
one person doing body talk. All these things we could fill the time very well explaining them all, but maybe we'll get a time to tell you a little bit about them all. These people are all completely, as I said, trained, and they are backed by receptionists because we have to have receptionists there every day to back these people up. And we have seven receptionists, ladies who come and work mostly for half a day on some work a whole day. This, too, is the same for the therapists. Some work a whole day and some work half a day and the rest of the week they are earning their own living because they all get their time free. Do you have any naturopaths? We have had, and if anyone is listening in Auckland, New Zealand, and would like to come and help us as a naturopath, we are waiting. <laughs> I guess same for acupuncturists too. Because yes, we have had acupuncturists, but people do come and go with their wonderful therapies, and then someone else steps forward. But yes, we could do with some of these people. We would like to have homeopaths. We have had homeopaths, and they've done a wonderful job. An osteopath would be very handy at the moment. So... Anyone who has their completed training and have this urge to help people and not expect anything in return, please get in touch with us. And your website, of course, is www.antara.org.nz. That's correct. Very good. So your aims with the health clinic, of course, is to get people to become fully vibrant and healthy and cognizant of what they eat and drink and how much you exercise and sleep and yes. etc. When they come, we give a pre-interview. I can take about 15 minutes and they come in and see me and we discuss their problems. They fill out a form and between us, we decide which is going to be the best therapy to help them. Some people know they want counselling. Some people simply say, I really need to relax and we give them massage. So we will give them up to two therapies at a time to help them. These people, you understand, say to me, well, I was doing counselling, but I just can't afford it anymore. And so I say, we're so pleased you came because I've got wonderful counsellors here. Sometimes people come in and they cry because someone is ready to help them. So it's an exciting clinic to work in. Yes, it's lovely because there are a lot of people out there in our fragmented, dysfunctional world who want to feel connected, feel more whole. And, of course, for you to be able to have that listening post and draw them in and say, well, have a cup of herb tea, sit down, (laughs) put your feet up. And the interesting thing is some of the people we have helped earlier in our time in these 20 years have turned around and become therapists themselves. Some of them have become counsellors because of the help they've received. I have one person who has for many years been a Bowen therapist working in the clinic. So it is exciting when you see people really turn on to helping people. Because it's a big commitment to want to be there once a week or twice a week at a particular time when survival at the moment is imperative in most people's minds. Yes, I have to say that a lot of our receptionists are people who are retired 
and we certainly couldn't do without them. The same, of course, for the therapists. Because they do a half a day, they do have the chance to be earning their living in the other days of the week. So we are very mindful that we cannot exist without these people stepping forward. In actual fact, when we started, I used to go out, give talks and ask people at various places, could they help us? maybe go to colleges where they were training. Now I find they ring me and say, I would really like to help Antara. I like what you're doing. How can I help? And retirees are such a, a good resource because when you get to 65 or 70 years of age, you've still got all this marvellous knowledge that you want to actually bequeath. Absolutely. It, and it makes them feel their retirement is extremely worthwhile. In fact... Half of them never retire. I've been there quite a long time. And at 77 years of age, I'm not planning on retiring. Ruve, I thought you were a 60-year-old. <laughs> Gosh, well done. I'll give you my phone number later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the clinic, dear. And Ruve, of course, all the practitioners do this for nothing. And everybody from the community comes in and receives free treatment. Yes, that is right. That's the whole philosophy that we follow. We are really delighted when people come for the help. I often say to them, I'm really pleased you came. And it's very, very exciting to see them maybe two months later, simply different. And even at times offering, I could be a receptionist for half a day. And that's how it all goes on. Sometimes people wonder how we are funded, and I have to tell you, we're not. We don't receive any government funding, but people will sometimes give us a donation, and 100% of everything we receive is spent on our projects. So if you come to our auctions, which help us to survive, you can know that every cent of that money is being used by us. We don't use any smart marketers. We couldn't afford them, and we don't believe in it either. So you can know that should you give us a monthly donation of $10, that $10 will be spent on the projects you are learning about today. And so from the health clinic, you have also got a retreat. Yeah, that's correct. Once the... Free Natural Health Clinic was rolling along and we were thinking what to do next. And at the time, there was a lot of information in the media about youth suicide. And so we chose our next project to help in the youth area. And this was going to be a, a very much more ambitious project, certainly in terms of the physical aspects of it. We, at the time, there was money to be made from rejuvenating houses in the real estate area, and we did several of those and managed to build up sufficient capital to purchase a piece of land north of Auckland in New Zealand at a place called Tomarata. And the shopping list, if you will, for this piece of land was fairly diverse. Some people wanted hills, some people wanted flat land, forest, bush, you name it. Sea views. <laughs> sea views, yes. Uh, we managed to find a piece of land and which fitted all the criteria and everybody was happy with it in the organisation. But we didn't have enough money. And we approached the vendor and said, we've got this amount of money and we can't afford any more. And we told them what we wanted the land for. 
And as it happened, in their family, they'd had one or two bereavements, and they'd also, in their younger life, they'd been taking in uh, foster children. And so they knew exactly the area that we were targeting. And so they said, we will sell you this piece of land for the amount of money you've got. And that's when the retreat was born. And then followed quite an extensive phase of development and construction. We have built on the site a 300 and somewhat square metre residence. We've tried to make it eco-friendly and we've tried to make it so that it is very inexpensive to maintain and very inexpensive to operate. And so that we can concentrate not on raising more money to keep it going, but on doing the work that it was designed to do. The, the bricks for the walls were made by labour that we provided ourselves. Companies have donated, one donation was for eight tonnes of cement, which actually went into the provision of these earth bricks for the walls. A lot of companies have helped us out, a lot of individuals have helped us out with cash, with expertise, with their time on weekends, and we went through a building phase which began in 1997 and continues to this day and I think it'll continue a little bit longer because we've still got some development to do on an upstairs level for the retreat residents but it's an ongoing project and it's it's a very exciting one to be involved in. The retreat has been in operation now since 2002 and over that time we've had a number of young people through the having retreats there, having workshops there and it's gradually becoming more and more of a recognised as a place where young people can go and have a rest from the complexities and the pressures of modern life. And so, on we go. That sounds really lovely because a lot of people don't realise that youth suicide in New Zealand is horrendously high and that on a global basis, regrettably, we've got terrible statistics. So to bring these young ones in is so important because once they get away from the outside world of TV and electronics and the fast, this and fast, that and they can sit amongst nature with people who actually care the change happens What Um, I've found that what we've tried to do is let them know that there's more than just a concrete pavement out there. We have how many acres of wonderful bushland, Graham? We have 22 acres of land in total. Probably about half of that is in New Zealand forest and native bush. And you can walk into that area and you, you can think you're 100 miles from any kind of civilization. You can be totally lost in there. And it's just being at one with nature. There's uh, good bird life. There's a stream running through. There's a, a hillside to rush up if you feel you want to expend some energy. It's a really soothing place to visit. It's very, very quiet. It's away from any of the major traffic routes. It's, it's not under any flight paths or anything like that. And a lot of people find that initially a little unnerving when they come from the city. And they, one young guy in particular was a little bit afraid, actually. He was a city boy, but he was a little bit afraid walking down the country road at night. He was out of his zone. He was, but he benefited greatly from his great experience. And it's interesting to see the changes that happen when people come to stay at the retreat. They come and you can see they're preoccupied with whatever it is going on in their heads with their family problems or wondering what they're going to do with their lives and so forth. And as the days go on, you can see them unwind. You see a light come back into their eyes. And some of them spend a, a long time sleeping 
just recuperating and they find that the low tech aspect to the retreat allows them a freedom to sort of reconnect with nature there their cell phones don't work because we're on the marginal area for cell phone coverage <laughs> and there's no t- the, the TV reception is not that great and we choose not to have a TV. The idea is that the people who are at the retreat are there to be with each other and help each other, not to be bombarded with media and have to worry about where their next dollar's coming from because they're staying there, they're not paying anything to stay there and the people who come and, and uh, look after the retreat and work there, they're not paid anything. Everybody is there for for the purpose of the retreat, which is to help young people. And our target age group is 16 to 25. We find that below that age group, the young people are still very much in their family situation, and it's often the family that needs assistance in that context. But once they've achieved a little bit of independence as an adult, that's when they start to get a bit worried that they don't know what they want to do with their lives. And the purpose of the retreat, or one of them, is that they can have time to just examine what's going on in their own lives and they can make some well-considered decisions as opposed to just drifting along in the sort of confused world that we've come to be living in now. The lovely thing too is we can tell them about beaches and what it's like to be on the water because we have people with boats who are trained, have their, their training in their water skills I think you know what it is, Graham. You've trained in that. Yes, New Zealand has the local Coast Guard operates courses called Day Skipper, also Boatmaster and also Coastal Skipper qualification. And yes, the people who are operating these boats and take people from the retreat have those qualifications and they're more than happy to take people out on the water. And that in itself is a transforming experience for many young people because they haven't experienced that ever in their lives before. So they've been shown another side of life and one of the most wonderful things they find is they meet dolphins and they learn about the amazing things that go on in the sea and the dolphins will so often accompany those boats for the whole day i'm speaking with ruve parker and graham marsden of the antara association here in new zealand and antara.org .nz is their website. And so I think it's fantastic what you're doing. It's a pity that we don't embrace it so much more and I'm so glad that we can tell people what's happening. I think I would like to say that it all sounds very smooth, but it wasn't. (laughs) Graham said we just had this amount of money. Well, we did up five houses for that amount of money We had someone who bought the first house and every weekend we worked on it. We bought a property that didn't need structural work but needed that painting, papering, you know, the type of thing. So when we sold it, we sold it ourselves as well so there wasn't any fees going out. That money went to Antara. People worked weekend after weekend after weekend. We might be about one day four people, another day seven people and eventually after we'd sold them all then we had that money to start and I trust that you would have at least a little celebration you'd have a cup of herbal tea or something to be able to (laughs) signify the accomplishment 
Yes, and one of the other things that they have at the retreat when young people go up, they learn about gardening, organic gardening. They learn about eating organic food, even if they're fairly surprised because we have vegetarian food up there and they're amazed at how wonderful it tastes, especially when it comes straight from the garden. They've worked on the garden. They help sometimes with the cooking and they're amazed at the difference the food tastes, the difference of that taste. Because they take all these recipes home with them after being there too, so they're skilled up. Oh, maybe that's something we can do, do a little recipe book. <laughs> Who knows? Yes, it's interesting at the retreat that a lot of people haven't been involved with the food supply that they're consuming for so long now. Everything comes from the supermarket out of a plastic bag. And so the reality of food is that it actually grows in the ground, most of it, and you, you have to make that happen yourself. You have to dig it up out of the garden, and then it's on your table. And so it's that connection with the food, and we try to grow as much food as we can at the retreat. We have orchards and gardens, and so much of the help that's needed at the retreat is to keep that process going and to expand it, of course. But that's part of the retreat experience in itself, is the therapy of just going and helping somebody in the garden. Conversations start. People talk about their problems. And that is kind of a, a natural therapy that just happens. And people are helped. It's not a high-powered client therapy sort of a, a thing. It's just a natural progression. For instance, we made a conscious decision not to have a dishwasher, even though we've got abundant water supply up there. Just two people or three people working together in the kitchen just doing the dishes. It's a format for people to talk to each other. And that's the difference between just otherwise shoving all the dishes into the dishwasher and going your separate ways around the house. There's no communication in that format. So we, we try to keep the retreat as natural as possible. And I'll tell you a short story about a psychologist who came to visit the retreat to see what we were doing. And she's involved with young people who are potentially suicidal and got all sorts of problems. And from her perspective, she was getting frustrated with the fact that she normally just finished at it medicating these young people. And she didn't feel that that was a solution. It was just a stopgap in treating the symptoms. And so she moved on a bit and she asked a lot of young people, what is it that you want in your life? What are you missing? What do you need? And generally the response was, I just want to connect with nature. I want to go and walk where there's green grass. I want to be able to feel free. And that was really as simple as it, as it needed to be. That's what they needed. And the retreat is trying to fill that kind of a gap in people's lives where they can just opt out of the confusion that they feel they're living in and just come for a rest, come to just rethink their situation. It's, it's like this connecting with the source from which we spring. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. It's a really a very simple thing. It's fairly profound, really. And it, and very it, profound, actually. <laughs> the, the answer is not in more technology or anything, or more money or more anything like that. The answer is actually in less, but more relevant and real. And when these people leave the retreat, they still have the banking, if they need it, of the clinic. So that makes a difference too. Mm. So they can come to the clinic and maybe getting one-to-one -one counselling, which will help them. We also do family counselling, which is very, very helpful. And I thought I might tell you about one particular woman who came for a pre-interview, and I thought her face looked a little familiar. We asked them, how do you find out about the clinic? And she said, oh, I was here 10 years ago. 
in fact, she said, I came to you. I said, oh, well, what did I do for you? And she said, well, what happened was, she said, I was having panic attacks. She said, I couldn't drive my car on the motorway. And then she said, it got worse, and then I couldn't drive my car at all. Then eventually, she said, I couldn't leave my house, and I heard about Antara. I came to you, and you helped me with hypnotherapy, but you taught me a breathing technique so that I would be able to be relaxed and more in control of myself. And she said, now, I still do that breathing technique. In fact, she said, I refuse to get uptight anymore. I will never, ever get uptight anymore. I'm in control of myself. So I thought that was a pretty marvellous thing, and I can tell you I had a very big smile on my face after that. Very good. So, Graham, with regard to the retreat, whereabouts is this, and could you walk us through it so that we can get a feeling of a, a deep sense of the sacred when we go to this place? The retreat's located in a place called Tomorata, which is about an hour and a half's drive north of Auckland in New Zealand. When you come into the property, the first thing you notice is there's a very large earth brick building in front of you. Uh, on either side of the front door, there's some very nice hand-done mosaic panels. And as you go through the front door, you sort of feel you're moving into a house which has got space. And it's got a very nice feel to it. It's environmentally friendly as we could make it. The rooms are very big and spacious. And when you walk through the house out the other side, you're in a big open orchard area. There's, to your right, there's a small stream and there's a forest which comes partway down the hill and surrounds that area. You can walk off through the bush, through the forest. There's a track through there which is kind of getting overgrown a little bit but it's also a very private sort of a place really and you can be enclosed by the forest and feel a long way from anywhere and feel that it's a place you can relax when you walk through the other side of the forest and start climbing up the hill you come across uh, a view across farmland which is very very relaxing very little traffic on on that road you can't see a sea view unless you climb right to the top of the hill and stand on a post you can actually just see the ocean but it's only about 20 minutes drive from uh, a very beautiful beach on the east coast of the north island of new zealand there's good bird life in the forest there's also a pest we have in this country known as the possum and, uh, they, <laughs> and they like to come and eat our apples before we do. They like to come and eat our peaches before we do, and we try and uh, keep ahead of them. But uh, that's an ongoing challenge for us. So it's a place of rest. Really, it's a place of rest. And in summer, of course, all your fruit trees. So you have peaches and nectarines and plums, all these fruits? Yes, we have all of those. We have a wide variety of vegetables we grow in the garden, of course. And we also have persimmon trees, apples, pears. Walking through the orchard, we have a huge fig tree, which is beautiful. We also have locusts. We're also getting into cherimoyas and casamaroas, which are a subtropical fruit, which we find grows at the retreat very well. We've also got a wide range of citrus trees. We have macadamia nut trees, one or two chestnut trees, and also walnuts. Boy, that's lovely, isn't it, to have all those resources right there. Fantastic. And as the years go by, the, the crops are, are getting more plentiful. And, yes, it's very satisfying to see that happening. Excellent. And with regard to the 
clinic, Ruve, can you explain? Clinic is actually like everything around it. It's a home and it looked like every other house in the street except we have developed a nice parking area in the front and we have some quite lovely little gardens out the front. The very nice thing is that I have had people say that when I came in there, I started to relax. In fact, I really feel safe every time I come in to the clinic. I think that gives you some indication of the caring that people obviously feel once they come in. The receptionists are, are marvellous too. They are very understanding when people bring in children who might start screaming and playing up and we've got toys there to, to help them. So everybody is able to relax. The Antara Free Natural Clinic is for those low-wage earners and beneficiaries who cannot otherwise afford to pay for their own natural health care. We are very, very happy that you come to us and we are really keen to help. And keep in mind that the therapists are all qualified professionals who, along with the receptionists, give freely of, of their time. The address is 66 Taikata Road, Teatu to North in Auckland, New Zealand. Quite easy to find, even easy to get a bus to. So remember that you are welcome and we are really happy to help. Ruve, what are the problems that some people might bring to you? Well, the physical problems that we can help with so often are back and shoulder problems. You know how easy it is to hurt your back. We help with allergies, asthma. Many people have asthma. We're able to help with this. With many of our different therapies, we'll help with this. Stress and anxiety, of course, is always helped, can be helped with our counselling, our family counselling, and also the hypnotherapy and teaching of relaxation techniques all help with the stress and anxiety. We help too with arthritis, repetitive strain injuries, and also behavioural problems. Conflict resolution and decision making, of course, is aided by our counsellors. There is pain too. We can help with helping you with your pain. And I would like to say that there is no way that we are not happy with doctors. I would not like to be in this world without the doctors, without their ability in operating and helping us in those ways. And we do have quite a lot of our local doctors send people to us saying, I think you should go there for counselling or for massage. So it is very heartening when we get these switched-on doctors who understand that we do work in tandem. Very good. I'm still sort of quite confounded that you could come together, be here for 20 years, working consciously to bring about a better world and heal our community, and you do it with no reward and when you go fundraising, that the cohesiveness of your group, what is the glue, other than love of humanity, what is the glue that keeps you going? The rewards of people 
smiles on their faces where they came in and they were crying when they were having their interviews. Yes, the rewards are there when you see people's lives turn around. And it's also the rewards of just working with others. The other people who help, the therapists, the receptionists, it just is so rewarding. I'm not so keen on trying to get people to donate things for the auction, but we always have to work in every aspect. So we'll be on the phone to companies, wonderful companies who have helped us through the years, once more asking could they help us for this our 20th year auction. But we do everything because it's so rewarding. I think for me the prime reward of being involved is just seeing things progress and seeing things better than they were before, seeing something in place that can be of, of assistance to people. And also you know, the fundamentals of the organisation that we're pushed along here is the philosophy behind it, which is to help and not expect anything back in return. And that's when you've gone through the process of actually helping somebody, you don't really know whether you've done it or not. And your motivation is to help. But often you don't know the effect, particularly when people come to the retreat. Often we don't know what effect the retreat has had on them. And they go away and often you don't hear from them for a while. And then they come back. And my wife told me a story about a young guy who came to the retreat. And she was a little unsure whether the retreat had benefited him in any way. And she said, you know, I don't know about this retreat. I don't know whether it really helps people or not. And he just quietly said to her, oh, yes, it does, more than you know. And it's that kind of feedback that's very important to, so that you know that you are actually having an effect and you are actually making a difference. Well, it's very much like the concept of pay it forward. When I heard about pay it forward as a concept, I did a favour of somebody else and they came back to me and said, oh, look, uh, I'd like to pay you. I said, no, pay it forward, do it to somebody else. And if we can do this on a global basis, starting locally, well, we can resolve global and world problems. I think it's happening more than you know, because you didn't know that we existed all these 20 years. So it is happening out there. And as I said to you, some of the clients who came to us are now our receptionists. Some of them have trained to be therapists. So, yes, it is helping. And should you give someone even a small help with money, we try to say, you do the same when someone comes to you. Now, you've got some fundraising coming up, but are you allowed to mention the names of, of the good companies that assisted you? Because I'm quite happy for them to get all the kudos over radio waves. So let it out if you wished. There's actually a very long list of people who have helped us over the years and to probably to nominate some would be to be un would be unfair to the ones that we can't name. The big thing we've got coming up this year is uh, a charity auction. This is not some highfalutin art auction or anything like that. It's the the goods on offer have been donated by individuals and by companies to help us out. Sometimes they're surplus goods or they're often companies will give us just their normal product range and we find that there's a group of companies that help us year after year. But each time we do an auction, it, there's always a deal of cold calling and new companies have to be involved. We also receive 
goods from individuals and we put all these together and we auction them all on one day and it's quite a fun day a very busy day the duration of the auction is probably around about two hours and on a saturday morning we also need our bidders to come to the auction this year the auction is being held at the waitakere college hall on saturday the 17th of october the, all the goods will be laid out for people to come and have a look from about eight o'clock in the morning the bidding starts at 10 o'clock and you need to register to be a bidder so that we can get in touch with you and let you know when the next auction's on. The auction will be concluded probably around about midday or a little after that. And a lot of people do come and buy their Christmas presents because there's quite a lot to choose from and that's quite helpful. I do know that many people come year after year because it's fun. They enjoy it. And as I say to some people who said oh well I really can't afford to buy much this year if you come and drink our coffee and eat our sandwiches that's helping and as someone said to me well you could even bring a plate of cakes or that we could sell so it is fun I can assure you we have we really do enjoy it our auctioneer is a really great lady and it is all definitely a fun day To sew it all up, tie it all up, I'd like a good story that the listeners can understand why you've wanted to continue doing this when both of you could be happily retired and doing retiree things. What's that, croquet or or taking a cruise on a ship or why is it that you want to be involved all the time? Yes, I am involved, but I also have fun. I believe in having fun in this world. So, yes, I take holidays and I enjoy myself. So it's not all one-sided. So in 20 years, you would have a story or two to really let us understand why you have started on this road. Well, I'm not quite sure about whether it's why I've started on this road, but there is one other story I have about a gentleman who came to me. I'm a Bowen therapist and I have trained in other therapies as I've said however this gentleman came to me because I had helped somebody with a knee problem and he had a tumour in his breast fortunately it was benign and he said his friend said go and see Ruve and see if she will help I thought oh my goodness but I did everything that I knew I should and he rang me back four days later and said Ruve this tumour is half the size now he had been told he did ask his doctor and the doctor said the only way you get rid of that is we have to operate so he wasn't too keen on that so that was why he ended up coming to me a perfect stranger however he came back again and four days later he said to me it's gone and I said come back for the third one and let's set it in concrete because it was his body that was enabling this to disappear his body was doing the healing in actual fact so that is one of the rewards of being a therapist as you can well imagine i said to him if you ever get even a little sign just come back and i'm sure it'll disappear again and of course he comes back and gets done free of charge 
Better luck I won't see him again. It's yes. fine. Very good. And Graham, while we were building the retreat building, there was something that used to happen often. And at the time, we always used to laugh about it. But looking back, I suppose it's sort of indicative that we were doing something that was in some way fundamentally right. And we would order materials, we'd have materials donated or whatever, and we'd be building the building. And as we finished the job, we would run out of materials. And the amount we had was exactly the right amount we needed. And it happened so often that it just couldn't have been coincidence. And it's almost like the universe was saying, yeah, You've done it right again. You know, you, you've achieved what you should have achieved. You've got to the point you should have got to. And so it's that sort of thing that's sort of in the back of your mind saying, it sort of tells you, yeah, you've got to, got to go to the next step. You can't pull out now. You're always going to the next step and the next step and the next step. And so one year turns into five, into ten, and then here we are at 20 years. And, and we're having fun with it, really. And so on we go we aren't sort of feeling that we're finished we aren't sort of feeling that we have to decide it was all a bad idea and we shouldn't have done it in the first place we just keep going with it we do get inspiration from each other as a group we're probably not a group that would say that we're bosom buddies all the time we have a great deal of heated discussion at times on what we should do (laughs) and there's something else we should point out too is that we have one of the rules of the association is that all decisions have to be unanimous and some people look at this as in sort of aghast and they think, how on earth could you ever get to do things if you all have to agree all the time? And the benefit of this approach into decision making is that you get all the talking and the thinking done before you act. And so when you do act, you're acting with everybody in the same frame of mind. You're all in the same, you're all working in the same direction and there's no faction you're sort of voting over the top of somebody else. And everybody feels they're part of the solution. They're not left behind feeling, oh, I missed out on that. I didn't get my way on that. Because the way that organization moves forward is that everybody's in agreement. And so over the years, it's produced a lot of fairly fairly vigorous debate on some things. But we always come out with a decision that's right. And we feel that it's actually a better way to go than other ways of deciding how to do things. I think it teaches you especially how to listen, especially in my case. That was a big learning curve. (laughs) Yes, yes. well, such a cohesiveness. The essence of it is working towards a common aim that basically you can all walk away knowing that your bit has actually made it happen. Yes, we all know fully that what we're doing is, is setting up something that's going to last a long time. And something else I should point out too is that some very fundamental rules about how this association was set up, and it's written down in our rules. One of them, as I mentioned before about the unanimous decision-making, another of the rules states that we are not allowed to go into debt, nor are we allowed to rent our premises or, or property. And the reason for that is, is very simple, and that is that the paying of interest on a mortgage or the paying of rent to a landlord drains your resources constantly. And so the focus turns not to doing what you've primarily set up to do, but it, it can becomes a money-making exercise to pay the debt. And so if your means of income is removed because of circumstances beyond your control, it means that the project crumbles. And so by setting it out in the way we've set it up, we're not dependent on government agencies or anyone else in order to keep it going. It's all totally funded, it's all debt-free, and once it's set up, it lives forever. And so we feel we're part of making something permanent and part of something uh, which is going to last forever. 
Bore ever, exactly. Okay, okay. well, I thank you. Thank you so much, Ruve. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to tell people about what we love. Okay, and if I could put in perhaps two plugs before we depart your studio, Tim. One is we've to celebrate our 20 years of the Free Natural Health Clinic being in existence. We have a little reunion planned for Saturday the 19th of September at the clinic, which is at 66 Taikata Road, Teatitu North in Auckland, New Zealand. At around about 12.30, we'll be meeting all the people that have been involved with the clinic over all that time, and there'll be some reunions going on there and some talking about the old times and the current times as well. We want to plug our auction, of course, which is our major fundraising event. We're looking for companies and individuals who want to donate goods for us to auction. We also would like, it's a difficult time at the moment to go putting your hand out requesting help, but it's still there and we'd like for people to think about that and give us a hand. That's on the Saturday the 17th of October, bidding will be start at 10am in the morning. Thank you once again for being with us, Ruve and Graham. Thank you Tim for giving us this chance. Mm, thank you very much Tim. That was Ruve Parker and Graham Marsden of the Antara Association Incorporated here in Auckland, New Zealand. www.antara.org.nz I would like to draw your attention to the Green Planet Earth Files. This is a section of this program that covers points of interest that you as listeners can become involved. This way, the Green Planet Program can facilitate positive options to bring about reducing our ecological footprint, acting in truly sustainable ways, and work towards becoming more carbon neutral. Wanting to know about natural medicine and therapies? The South Pacific School of Natural Therapies here in Auckland, New Zealand at www.sp. C-E-N-T dot A-C-N-Z South Pacific School of Natural Therapies here in Auckland where you can obtain a diploma in naturopathy or a diploma in herbal medicine leading to a Bachelor of Health Science in Complementary Medicine and a degree from Charles Sturt University New South Wales in Australia We in New Zealand pride ourselves as being a fit and healthy nation especially over the last half century and our sports people have shown this with a significant higher proportion of Olympic and World Championships in so many sports. It shows that we are a very vigorous and successful nation and this comes about from our healthy food chain and, I trust, a healthy outlook. So if you want to gain a qualification in natural medicine and understand the profundity of the workings of our own body, there's ample opportunity for you here to learn and set yourself up as a practitioner. Also, there is wellpark.co.nz. Wellpark.co.nz. Wellpark College of Natural Therapies provides courses in naturopathy, massage, aromatherapy, herbal medicine, nutrition, Ayurveda and yoga to certificate or diploma level. All courses are NZQA approved and lead to rewarding careers in the natural health professions. Wellpark College is ideal for any international student who wants to study abroad to gain qualifications at a school of natural medicine while immersed in a full New Zealand experience. 
Finally, if you want to use the web to learn more about natural medicine and why it is imperative for you to know exactly what you're putting into your body, check out mercola.com. That's www.mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A dot com. Joseph Mercola has this one website that can inform you on natural health, preventative medicine, and longevity. If you enjoy your body, here is a website for you to learn how to cherish it and keep it working at optimum levels. That is mercola.com. Remember, your body is a temple, even though many of you may be treating it as a bar or a fast food restaurant. It is all you have got. Macola.com www.macola.com To listen to this radio program or to iPod, you can go to greenplanetfm.com or www.planetaudio.org.nz Open, type in green, search and all previous interviews will instantly come up for you to select. And that is Earth Files for this week. This program was sponsored by ollipacifichealth.co.nz. That is www.ollipacifichealth.co.nz. Unbeknown to the majority of people, the world is moving towards self-responsibility. And as we near completion of the first 10 years of the 21st century, with an increasingly anxious humanity wondering where the world is going, we are witnessing, especially in the Western world, vast numbers of people becoming socially disconnected and giving themselves away, or losing themselves in Maya, the illusion of existence. Yet more and more people are also realizing that being personally accountable for every thought, deed and action in their daily life, that they are intrinsically linked and that life as well as the body we inhabit is without doubt sacred. And in fact, the metaphysical recognition that our body is a temple, that we choose to cherish and honor or, to our detriment, ignore and debase our being. Though you will not usually hear or see this mentioned over mainstream media, for those who are waiting to the realization that we, as a species, are moving towards a new paradigm and are indeed entering a different frequency of awareness, it's now time to rapidly take charge of ourselves and courageously comprehend that this is the time to fulfill our destiny and crystallize our understanding of what is at stake, become real, and take action. Some people are changing from the inside out, whilst others are changing from the outside in. The challenge is to keep changing and working for the betterment of the inner self as well as that of the whole. Starting with ourselves and with our family and relationships, we are witnessing a coming together of clusters of groups and organisations. From out of our own backyard to transition towns and other green, health and educationally oriented systems and initiatives based on justice governance, sustainability and a better society for all. And as our planet Mothership Earth shudders through changes in her configuration, ecological, financial and societal disturbances are ringing alarm bells throughout the system and crew are awakening to the realisation that this journey of 6.8 billion souls to come through unscathed, a revolution in how we see ourselves is imperative. We are recognizing that we are an interconnected web of beings and biota, who together are crucial for our mutual survival, 
And when we see ourselves as a healthy, warm-hearted, balanced humanity with willpower, energy and courage, this can be the forerunner for us to bring about the desired changes that will benefit our civilization and the children of today and tomorrow. In conclusion, I thank you for tuning into this GreenPanetFM.com program, where the endeavor is to learn from dedicated people who have taken up the challenge and are instigating positive and creative intentions, actions and innovation to bring about a shift in business practices as well as consciousness both locally and globally. By becoming involved in this movement to claim our personal and localized sovereignty, we can shift our attitudes and focus to a new archetype, a new reality, where at heart community stands up for each other and empowers the changes that are needed for us to bring our living planet, Mothership Earth, through this impasse into a realm of peace, a realm that we have previously forgotten but now realize...